Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted with a comma and an uppercase D. I feel moderately stupid today. Uh, pretty smart guy. I also um, pretty aggressively go after and search for little advantages and use information whenever I can. I listen to CBS's uh, Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, which is probably the only one I listen to, well, and James Anderson's uh, podcast specifically on uh, on Roto-Wire, but specifically on, on Prospects, and I'm just listening to a lot of smart guys there, <clears throat> um, and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of smart women, I just don't listen to a podcast with a woman on it, but... Um, I, I, I didn't think of this, and so it's possible you haven't thought of this, and I just wanted to pass it on. But you probably have thought of this, most of you, because uh, I feel kind of stupid for not thinking of it. Of course, weather changes um, the air and the baseball, humidity, etc. Everyone knows uh, summer heats up, uh, the, uh, the offense uh, gets going. And uh, pitchers, um, pitchers usually—I don't know if they dominate early, but they have the advantage early. And it's just not a good hitting environment in April and, and uh, May in the northern states. But um, but uh, here's here's what I was thinking: somebody who has a dominant, um, you know, uh, spring training, and then kind of drops off in April, I, it literally never occurred to me that while well, they were hitting in a, in a warmer environment in spring training, and maybe it's going to be cloaked a little bit, maybe if they continue to hit even at major league pitching and full strength, everyone's the highest competition, not just some minor leaguers and some major leaguers, that they would continue that, uh, or, you know, some level of success that would be fantasy uh, useful and fantasy relevant. Uh, were they not to go up into a northern climate in April, you know, where it could easily be 40 degrees um, regularly in, in uh, I don't know, in Boston and uh, maybe Toronto, <clears throat> possibly New York, I don't know. Maybe those cities run a little hotter but um, than, uh, than their suburbs. But... Um, so, you know, starting to look at guys like, um, I, I can't really, I can't really, uh, remember, but, you know, to the extent that you can, um, like a Dom Smith, to the extent that you can say, okay, this guy, this guy was hitting, uh, I, I'm sorry, that this guy's, uh, hot spring training was not just, you know, going up against a whole bunch of guys trying out their, uh, you know, fastball location to the extent that it's legit, someone's hot hitting in, in spring, it may get cloaked in April and then come out in the second half of May or May if they play in Atlanta or whatever. Um, and uh, so so I would look at those guys. Um, it's tough because some of those guys are uh, platooned, you know, like a Bobby Dahlbeck, I think had a great spring. And I just picked him up and I just... I just picked him up because I knew he would be free, uh, and I need some home runs. I dropped him for Nate Lowe, who's having kind of a breakout hitter 
you know, he's batting like 317, 320-something. Um, he's hitting well, uh, virtually no power. I think he's got one home run. I don't know how many doubles, but that doesn't matter in my league. And uh, he only has nine RBI. He's He was batting fourth and fifth mostly all year, except for the last couple of games where he would uh, bat first, at least against righties or something. I don't know. But uh, And he's walking a, a decent amount, like he always does. But, you know, he was kind of useful for... RBIs and um, an OBP and you know alright and the other stuff um, was kind of hoping you know he'd get some more runs but uh, that lineup after him is not particularly good but I was I was hoping he'd be kind of a 90 RBI guy not, not an RBI machine but a 90 RBI guy hitting in front of uh, Semyon and uh, whoever leads off, I don't know, but then Semyon and uh, obviously not Bichette, but why am I thinking Bichette? And Corey Seager. Semyon and Corey Seager. So um, I dropped kind of a useful guy. Definitely my worst hitter. I've, I have quite a stacked lineup. Definitely my worst hitter, but um, but I dropped uh, Nate Lowe for, for Bobby Dahlbeck. You know, come to find out He's not hitting so hot like he did in the second half last year uh, when, you know, the climate was warmer. Um, and now he's going back into a platoon. These fucking platoons and weekly lineup leagues, I can't stand it. Um, and daily lineup leagues, however, it is something to use. Um... I, I cannot, I cannot um, recommend enough in daily lineup leagues having three extra hitters and playing, you know, platooning them just like major league teams do. And Joey Wendell against righties, or I don't know if he's a righty against lefties, whatever. His splits are uh, drastic. Um, Dom Smith against righties, you know. Um, that kind of crap. Uh, cannot use that enough. You end up like with a with like a round five type hitter uh, for guys off the scrap heap. Not because when they hit, you know, per at bat, they're not very good. It's because they don't play every day, and people want to use um, their extra lineup, uh, their extra roster spots for uh, other stuff. I don't know. Um, Maybe they're using it for more useful stuff to stash, you know, Max Meyer or something. I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone doing that instead of uh, using, you know, two platoon hitters for one roster spot and changing it up daily. But if you're not, you know, holding on to Grayson Rodriguez or Max Meyer, um, you better be doing something else real useful with it to not take advantage of platoon hitters for one spot because they're virtually free. Um, Okay, that's it. See ya. Okay, let's talk about two players that you need to buy high on. And I'm not even talking about buy high on their season stats because their season stats are bad. Except for stolen bases. Um, One has nine, the other has four. I think between them, they have two home runs. And they've been playing all year. 
So uh, they're batting, uh, I don't know, seventh, eighth in the lineup, maybe sixth now. Um, but you need to offer, you need to offer some players for them because you may never get them this cheap again. Um, as Bobby Witt Jr. and Julio Rodriguez the first. Oh my God, I just got super hungry. I don't even know if I could do this. Um, but anyway, they have been mashing the ball. Um, the last, maybe it's been two full, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Maybe it's been two full weeks now. Um, since Bobby Witt has been dropped in the lineup um, from first or second to, you know, like seventh or eighth or ninth, I don't know, um, he has been hitting, you know, like 324 or some shit, and excuse my language, and he, I think, just hit his first home run. Um, he's just been mashing the ball, and he's starting to look like, you know, what, what maybe we thought um, he would look like if he just made a seamless transition to the pros. And to be honest, um, in, a, in a deadened, you know, probably, or yeah, no, it is a deadened ball, um, but also other factors, um, environment in April, um, geez, he turned the clock to May, and in fact, he started this in April, so it wasn't even that big of a transition from, you know, the uh, upper minor leagues, if he ever played at AAA, uh, to having success at the major league level because uh, it was very quick. It was in a total pitcher's environment, maybe historically so, or at least more so in the, than any other time in the last decade. And other hitters, established hitters, haven't even come around. Mookie Betts is batting uh, two something, well, two something, like, you know, 220, 230. Um, Trey Turner is batting 230, some, some crap like that. Max Muncy's batting 150. Cody Bellinger, I guess they have more question marks. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know why I'm just listing off the Dodgers, but that's what I last looked at. Um, you know, uh, established stars haven't even, uh, you know, so who knows if it was uh, more of a hitter's environment or if he got called up in May, if he would even uh, demonstrate any struggle in the transition um, because his hitting in April versus what he's doing now in the last couple of weeks, which does dip back into April, um, really just kind of represents the change that we're seeing in hitting in the last week. Um, individually and a lot of players who are picking it up, but also um, on the whole. Uh, so he, he's stolen four bases. Um, he's mashing the ball. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, a 30 home run type guy, mm -hmm. even a 30 home run guy the rest of the way, you know, prorated. Um, I don't know what kind of major league power he'll have. I don't know if he'll strike out more, etc. I don't think he was known uh, to, to, to have tremendous power, just probably good power from being a great hitter. Um, but, he, you know, I don't know. Who knows? He could pop 20 homers uh, the rest of the way, especially if, um, you know, the environment, uh, uh, you know, heats up, uh, so to speak, figuratively and uh, otherwise uh, for hitters the rest of the season. But uh, he's also almost certainly going to continue to run. Um, he's attempted at least four stolen bases. You know, I haven't even looked to see if he has any caught stealing. Doesn't matter. Uh, that team runs if they have speedy guys. And, um, 
he's almost certainly going to get uh, another shot if he continues to hit like he has in the last couple of weeks. Small sample size, but that's why you got to jump on him now. Uh, he's going to get a, an opportunity to hit in front of, uh, you know, Sal Perez and uh, I don't know, whatever, in a better, a better uh, lineup context. Um, you know, it's not a great lineup, but a, a positional context, order context. Um, so, um, I, I say buy him. He'll be batting, you know, first, second, or third pretty soon. Um, worst case scenario, he's batting sixth, right? Worst case scenario. And that's if Hunter Dozier lights it up and other Kyle Isbell, you know, whatever. Um, and he's, he's probably going to give you, you know, 15 to 20 homer. I think you can count on 15 to 20 homer pop. I think you can count on a 280 batting average, and I think you can count on a little bit of a higher slugging due to speed, but also um, some stolen bases. Um, and uh, the other guy is Julio Rodriguez. Oh, I already mentioned him. Julio Rodriguez. Um, Julio Rodriguez is probably the best overall hitting prospect since... He's amazing, and he's still only 21. I, I'm not going to try to think of it. Oh, I guess Vlad Guerrero was a much, not much better, but clearly a better hitting uh, uh, prospect. But before that, you can't really say that for another five or ten years. Before, um, before you know, uh, what's his face, Vladimir Guerrero? I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he edges out uh, Wander Franco. In my opinion, um, uh, the Luis Robert, uh, you know, I, th I just, he's, he's a stud. He's 21, and now he's doing it. He's got nine stolen bases. I don't know on how many attempts, but he hasn't gotten on base all that much until very recently. So um, there's no way he's like nine for 15. And if he's 9 for 15, you'd actually be quite happy because if he's attempted 15 stolen bases in a month and not getting on base uh, very much at all until recently, but for the month, his April numbers probably aren't good at all, if they're even on base percentage of 300, uh, then he would only stand to... Uh, average more than 15 attempts um, each month the rest of the way. That's not going to happen. Point is, the guy looks like he's going to be a 30 stolen base guy. Um, you know, I don't know, more? But it looks like you can count on him to get 10, 15 stolen bases the rest of the way. Um, like, you you can bank that. And I think he just hit his home, first home run. Not a lot of power so far. I think he's now batting sixth, I believe, most recently, but he was batting seventh or eighth. Buy high, pay a high price for him, I would. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about what kind of price I mean. And um, and I think he's just going to mash average, OBP, um, RBIs. I don't know how many runs he'll get batting sixth in that lineup, and I don't think he'll ever bat third or fourth. But with Hanniger out, maybe he does bat fourth or fifth. Um, actually, yeah, Hanniger's out with the ankle, so he may end up being your four hitter in a lineup that could be really, really good. Adam Fraser has not been hitting. Uh, Jared Kelnick could 
you know, uh, uh, bat in, in behind uh, Julio Rodriguez. If Kelnick gets it going, he's awful, been worse than last year so far. But um, a lot of upside in that lineup, even with um, what's-his-face out, Mitch Haneker out. Um, Eugenio Suarez has definitely slumped in the last week or so, but before that uh, showed some signs of not being a total vacuum in the average department although i think he's 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 back to low 200s or high 100s um but there is upside there um he can hit 250 i i think uh, if he if he's right um and so he could get a uh, uh julio rodriguez could get a lot of runs um i think he could get a lot of home runs i think he could hit 30 home runs um the rest of the way uh because he had really good power um, good contact skills um, in in um, in the minor leagues at a young age. He wasn't, you know, 23 years old at at Double A or 24 years old at Double A. Um, you know, he he was like you know 20 at at Double A, maybe 19 um, at Double A, and then 20, and now he's 21. And in the last couple of weeks, he's mashing. Uh, definitely in the last week. So you need to pick him up right now. Now. And he's, and he's going to get a ton of sleep. He's a five-category stud waiting to happen. He's a first-round pick waiting to happen as soon as next year. Um, um, it is not out of the realm of possibility that he is, next year, a top-ten pick. It just isn't out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think he could easily leapfrog, um, you know, people like, uh, if Francisco Lindor breaks out or, or, you know, bounces back guys like him, Dante, Bichette, Bo Bichette. I mean, um, if Trevor story returns to, um, somewhat, uh, round one, you know, 25, 20 type deal, uh, with a 270, 80 average at Fenway park type form. Uh, I think he could uh, outperform him. I think he could basically outperform everyone except Fernando Tatis, even Vladimir Guerrero, even without the Sloan basis, um, and maybe Juan Soto. I mean, that's it. That's it, hitting-wise. Um, and so you need to get him. Um, I think it's going to happen. I think it's actually more likely than not that he's going to be a stud. Uh, like, more likely than not, he is a top 50 hitter the rest of the way, and that may be selling him short. Um, now what do you offer? Um, in my opinion, I gotta be quick cause I gotta get my baby and dog out of the car now. In my opinion, uh, I would offer, uh, other studs for him. I just really would because of the stolen bases. I would offer Nick Castellanos for him. Um, I would offer, um, uh, let's see, Schwarber for him. Schwarber might hit 50 home runs this year. I would offer, um... What, 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 uh, Nick Castellanos, oh, Marcelo Zuna. I would, I would basically uh, offer um, any kind of A minus A um, for category. Sorry, honey. I'm so sorry, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. And daddy's talking loud. Any four category absolute stud, I would offer uh, them for him. And I think Marcelo Zuna. Nick Castellanos, I think those guys are, uh, like, if you had another first baseman, um, I would seriously consider offering Freddie Freeman for Julio Rodriguez. And you say, well, 
one or two of those as a first-round guy, or maybe Nick Castellanos is in the first round. Maybe he's a third-round guy, but, you know, Freddie Freeman could be a first-round guy. Maybe he was this year, uh, or, you know, very close. Uh, you say, well, buy high. What, what, what are the rewards going to be? He's going to give you an extra category, and it looks like he may be elite in that category. And maybe he doesn't hit 40 home runs, and Freddie Freeman uh, does hit 40 home runs. Um, I think, well, listen, Freddie Freeman and all those other guys are different animals because they're in an absurd lineup. They could have four guys in that lineup, you know, get 110 runs. <laughs> um, so, you know, I wouldn't trade, uh, I wouldn't offer, you know, Trey Turner or uh, Mookie Betts. And to be honest, uh, maybe Freddie Freeman is the one four-category stud I wouldn't offer because he is in that lineup. Uh, but um, Julio Rodriguez is not going to be in a bad lineup uh, himself. And uh, that's fine. I'm just pod. And uh, I think he's going to be a five-category stud. Uh, not just decent and average, but a stud and average a stud in everything except home runs where I think he's going to still be very good. Um, now, pitching wise, let me tell you what I've offered for Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez, um, who in the CBS, uh, both of whom uh, in the CBS podcast listener league for fantasy baseball today podcast um, are on the same team. Um, I got the. Uh, I offered Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, and uh, I wanted uh, Spencer Strider as well. So it's not a pure experiment. But I offered uh, Carlos Rodon and um, and Kyle Wright, uh, both of whom are re-breaking out. Now, Kyle Wright's breaking out. Carlos Rodon is kind of just continuing uh, what he did when he was healthy last year. And I added. I don't know, man. I, I think I added, like, Gonsolin or something in there. But it's a quality start league, so Gonsolin's not that valuable. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, it seems like uh, in overpay, uh, it, it basically matches up. You know, if you take Spencer Strider out of it, because he's kind of just a lottery ticket, uh, I would just do uh, Carlos Rodon for... Um, Julio Rodriguez and Cal Wright for um, Bobby Witt Jr. Now, I would not uh, do those as two separate deals. I need to have both of them because then I would be very good at stolen bases um, in conjunction with Cody Bellinger, whom I expect to hit above 200 this year and, you know, steal 15, 20 bases. Um, but so I'm willing to overpay, in my opinion, uh, for what the current market value probably is for those two. Um, because that's how confident I am that they are going to get better lineup order and um, better five-category um, contributions, uh, maybe with a little uh, lack, you know, not elite power, but still above average power even for fantasy. Well, even for fantasy, but at least good power for fantasy. Um, now, I want to give a little context to that offer because I also have, in my opinion, a wealth of decent pitching. Uh, so after Carlos Rodon uh, and um, Kyle Wright, um, I have 
So I would be left with Jesus Luzardo, Nate Avaldi, who I think is much better than other people think because the defense was terrible last year. He still had a 3.75 ERA, and uh, defense is much improved in multiple positions this year for the Red Sox. Uh, but Jesus Luzardo, uh, basically breaking out as a mini ace. Uh, Nate Avaldi, who I think is very good, top 28 maybe. Um, then I have Luis Castillo, who's coming back soon. Uh, I have Andrew, uh, then I have Reed Detmers, um, who's, you know, we'll see. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, um, nope, I wouldn't have him. Reed Detmers, um, and Dylan Bundy, who is very droppable. Um, so Jesus Luzardo, Nate Evaldi, um, Reed Detmers, um, let's not even mention Dylan Bundy, Reed Detmers, um, I forget who I have, it's someone kind of like Reed Detmers, uh, but then I have reinforcements, I have on the IL, I have, uh, Andrew Heaney, um, uh, uh, Lance McCullers, um, and, uh, Chris Hale who all should be back in the second half. Um, and, and, oh, I have Noah Syndergaard. And um, who's very interesting. Uh, not the pitcher he was before, but doing very well. Uh, so even giving away Carlos Ordon and Kyle Wright, I still probably have an above-average staff for the second half, which would include some form of um, Jesus Luzardo, uh, Nate Valdi. Uh, Chris Sale, probably be my number three. Um, Luis Castillo, be my 3B. Um, but that's four. Uh, Lance McCullers, if he comes back, uh, would be my fifth. Um, and uh, Andrew Heaney may even be my second best pitcher when he comes back. Um, so, I mean, there's six six guys that I think are firmly in the top 50 um, starting pitchers when healthy. And then on top of that, um, I have uh, flyers on Reed Detmers. So you see where that goes. And uh, Noah Syndergaard to see where that goes. So, you know, Reed Detmers and Syndergaard wouldn't even be my top six. They would be my fifth and sixth best pitchers um, right away, but not for the second half. So just to give a little context, I have a lot of like a wealth of decent starting pitching to high risk, high, re- high reward starting pitching. So I, I, I had that to give up. Um, all right, I've talked enough. Uh, welcome back to Fantasy Baseball uh, Disrupted with a comment and an uppercase D. It's so weird that I do this as if there are people listening. But if some people are listening, I just wanted to plug two podcasts um, and websites that it's all you need for any redraft um, or dynasty um, leagues. It's all you'll ever need. Um, there may be, uh, whatchamacallit's podcasts as good as these um, out there. I just haven't listened to them, so I'm not saying there aren't others as good, but I can't imagine any better than these two. And they complement each other or supplement, I don't know. Compliment. Um, 
one is the podcast with Clay, somebody, and uh, but more importantly, the the <laughs> no offense, more importantly, James Anderson um, from RotoWire and their prospects p- podcast and his top four hundred um, prospects prospects list that you do have to pay for on uh, RotoWire. Uh, super, super worth it if you're in a dynasty league. Will literally make you money if you're in a money league. Um, it's made me money. It's made me build a monster of a team. Uh, I actually got kicked out of the league, but <clears throat> I'm in other dynasty leagues now, and uh, I'm, again, uh, picking up these prospects that are top prospects, but um, you can only uh, hold players for three years, so um, not every top prospect is picked up, and it's just guys like... Uh, and it's just, it's just guys that aren't in other top prospects' lists. Um, he just calls it like he sees it. And he, uh, uh, in his list, you can see um, in your league who's available. So you can enter your league's data. And, okay, well, his top 50 prospects. Oh, shoot, right there. Um, on the RotoWire website, the top 400 prospects, among his top 50 prospects uh, that he has, James Anderson, that he rates, uh, there are uh, four of them available in my league. And I've done that with a couple of prospects, picked them up off the waiver wire for $1 um, because there are no minor league spots, but I can afford to, to keep them there. And, uh, and bada boom, bada bing, um, I got this guy for three years. You know, he'll get, he'll get called up uh, and he'll be an incredible value one or two of those years, uh, almost certainly. Um, I don't want to say almost certainly, but more often than not. And, um, yeah. And then the other one is uh, Fantasy Baseball Today um, on CBS. Um, uh, those three guys, it's, it's just three now. Used to be a little bit more. Um, it's just exhaustive. They do, they just cover everything and they cover everybody. And you don't have to do your own research. Um, because they'll cover everything that is remotely interesting. And uh, just to prove that, uh, or, or to, to provide evidence that they'll do that, that they'll cover anything that's of any worth being noted, um, is that they'll occasionally bring up, you know, just a hot hitter for two weeks with no track record and no underlying stats. Meaning... If they're covering that, then they're covering everything else they're covering is uh, more um, equally or more uh, uh, important and relevant. So I just listen to those two and bada bing, bada boom. Um, I, I have everything I need to know. And then I'm maniacal about uh, pursuing a lot of those uh, a lot of those players. And I get them at values before, you know, their value uh uh, skyrockets or, or just elevates to, you know, a less desirable, uh, level. That's it. Just wanted to plug those two. Fantasy baseball disrupted with a comma and an uppercase D is brought to you by your local no kill animal shelter. Please donate or adopt.